0: Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and this is Friday, December 11th of 2020. And we are so delighted, along with my brothers, Brother Marty and Brother Fernando, to be able to come to you with the Word. We're excited, always, to open up the Word of God and allow God to speak to us today. We want to welcome all our listeners, wherever you're tuning in from. Thank you. Thank you for studying and taking out of your time to join us to study the precious eternal Word of God in this hour. And so we're going to get into our Bible study today, into our study in the Word today, and we're going to be discussing some things that I believe, um, uh, if you allow it, God will speak to you. And and we're excited. And so we're going to get right into the Word of God. So Brother Marty, we'll, we'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart as we get ready to study the word of god together
1: amen it's good to come to another friday again things are raging across the great sea are many things taking place in the united states we've been heavily involved this week in looking at deeper deeper things in the prophetic scriptures seeing the prophetic parallels that apply to our time And uh, beginning to realize as we head into these days and have been in these days that uh, we are a generation uh, uniquely set apart that has begun to see in earnest many of the prophecies fulfilled in the Bible that appear to be triggering uh, understanding within the hearts of those that are seeking the Lord, uh, that we have indeed entered into the end times. And as we go along in today's study, we're going to look at some things uh, and by the grace of the Lord, uh, hope to bring some light and understanding um, of how things transpire, how things come to be understood, and then subsequently how things are to be understood uh, in our times and what is yet to come. And so, with that in mind, we're going to ask Brother Jeremy if he wouldn't mind uh, turning, as, lo- as well as you who are listening, uh, turning to the book of the prophet daniel and we're going to begin by reading our scripture in daniel chapter nine and uh and we'll just see where we go from there i think it'll be an interesting study today and really it's a word from the lord so uh, let us ask the lord's grace as uh, brother jeremy reads to us settle in uh stay focused and be blessed in jesus name brother jeremy amen verse one one through
0: three chapter nine. One, two, three. Amen. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, (laughs) of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish seven years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes.
1: My goodness. So what Daniel says here is, I understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of The Lord came to Jeremiah that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Now, this occurred, what he's describing here, really what you're reading in chapter 9, first and foremost, is Daniel's description of something that he learned. And he draws our attention to the date in chapter 9 where he says what he's revealing to us in chapter nine occurred in the first year of Darius. Now that's important to keep that in mind as we go along here. Now, like we said, what we've been discussing, uh, in the prophecies of Isaiah and Jeremiah, <clears throat> and most of the week in the book of Daniel, we, we've, uh, we've seen some very interesting prophetic parallels, uh, that appear to be very much so, uh, the foreshadows of our time it's what the book of daniel calls the the end times it's a specific generation as we've been exploring uh that the angel gabriel told daniel in daniel chapter 12 would be a generation that that one would be marked by uh, the advancement of the ability for the human race to travel about the planet uh and also secondly the advancement of technology information knowledge all of it daniel chapter 12 verse 4 the angel gabriel said would be the 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 banner flag if you will the thing that marked what he called the time of the end and then in daniel chapter 12 verse 10 he goes on to say that there will be a specific group of people within the community and fellowship of the body of Christ the the church if you will um of the living god that that's alive at that time <clears throat> that will uh be called the wise who understand and he talked about a division that would that, that would take place within the economy of of the church itself we know from other scriptures that we're told there's going to be a false church and the true church living simultaneously in the time of the end but within that subset there's that that group that's called the wise who will understand and that to them the prophecies that have been basically locked up and sealed uh would be opened and things would begin to be brought forth in clarity and understanding that were withheld from the prophet daniel as he closed out his book and his ministry so like we said uh, you know, we believe we're living in in, in those times, the end times, and, and we explored uh, the fall of Babylon this week. <laughs> Daniel labeled the fall of Babylon in Daniel chapter seven as being comprised of uh, the lion and the eagle that finally is diminished in its global power in the end when it was overthrown to to one man. So in Daniel 7, we saw the overthrow of Babylon was the result of what Daniel called the striving of the four great winds of heaven on the great sea. And again, we've been talking about the symbolism that the Bible uses. The striving of the four winds really, as you dig into it, represent particular powers that that try to implement and dominate really satanic powers, individual personalities. Uh, within the economy of the kingdom of darkness, the rulers of the darkness of this world, principalities and powers, that's how Paul described it. Daniel sees them in Daniel 7, striving on the great sea. And uh, the Bible reveals to us the great sea as being uh, the peoples of the world. So uh, a great contest taking place at the time when Mystery Babylon, in his vision, is represented by a nation that is made up of both lion and eagle. And we discussed that in our previous podcast this week. We encourage you to go look and listen if you're just joining us. So <clears throat> as, he, as we discussed, this great struggle began in earnest when Babylon's final king, Belshazzar, uh, ascended to power, and his reign would only last four years. And then, at the end of that four years, there would be a great global reset that's what we've called it to bring it up into modern day language. You would basically what we were seeing at the end of that four year period is a transition from the the lion and eagle man nation, as described in chapter seven of, of Daniel seven that the, that that particular global empire would reach its end and there would be a rise into the next global kingdom comprised of the Medes and the Persians whose primary identifying quality was the implementation of of law on a global scale in their time. And basically what's being revealed is that when the lion, eagle, and man nation diminishes, in its influence and power, a a new reset would come, a new global power uh, that had that has uh, in its quality and what it emphasizes is the restructuring of law, and then the implementation of law on a global scale, so that all nations, all tongues, all tribes will have to obey. Now, something interesting. Uh, needs to or must be explored because because it's going to serve to guide us now. Those of you who've been with us all week, this should not be hard to understand. If you haven't and you're just joining us again, we encourage you to listen to every single podcast this week. It'll make sense if you're just joining us even much more so. So I want to begin by reading Daniel chapter 8, verse 1. Could you do
0: that, Brother Jeremy? Daniel chapter 8.
1: Verse one.
0: In the, amen. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first.
1: All right. So what Daniel's revealing here in Daniel chapter eight verse, uh, I mean chapter eight verse one, is this particular vision. He begins to to speak about this particular vision. And he dates it uh, in the third year of the reign of Belshazzar. And as we've explored already, Belshazzar only lasted for four years. And basically, this vision that was given to Daniel in the third year of his reign is just months away before the actual uh, diminishing of the Babylonian Empire. It was coming to an end. So Mm -hmm. it's very significant that he had this particular vision, which you can research in in Daniel chapter 8, in the third year as it's coming to a close we got one year to go or or less just months mere months before the fall of the babylonian empire here and and this vision is given to him uh, where it is revealed in this vision uh, that the final kingdom at the end of the world will produce an antichrist figure and and then the end will come with the appearance of the son of man so Let's take a look and at at Daniel chapter 8 verse 17 because the vision which you will discover as as you study on your own as good students uh is identified as being spe- for a specific time period. Could you read that in Daniel uh 8:17? This is being made known to Daniel by the angel Gabriel and this is what he tells Daniel. Could you read that, brother Derm?
0: Yes, So he came near where I stood. And when he came I was afraid and fell upon my face, but he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision.
1: All right. What's interesting is the vision that he has is connected to the fall of Babylon. And the vision that he has that's connected to Babylon's falling, because that's when the vision was given, uh, reveals the time of the end. Now, I'm going to speak to spiritual people who can hear spiritually. What we are having revealed to us here is that when the lion, the eagle, and the man, which we believe quite possibly could represent Uh, The United States of America, go ahead and (laughs) take a look at your earlier podcast. And the reason we say that is because, number one, the United States is that kingdom that is made up of both lion and eagle. What do you mean, Brother Marty? Well, as we've discussed before, the lion is the symbol of, of the nation of England or Great Britain. And the eagle is the symbol of the United States. In Daniel's vision of chapter 7 he sees Babylon as represented by lion and eagle and and Babylon is also called in the book of revelation mystery babylon so what what's being revealed is that Babylon itself will will last and endure till the time of the end wherein it will be dealt with and diminished just as it was in the days of daniel but when daniel has that vision of daniel chapter 7 it's revealed to him that babylon is now composed of a lion and an eagle which is why we hypothesize that we believe he is referencing the united states of america why we say that is because the united states of america was first brought across the ocean in the form of the lion the lion being the symbol of great britain but it didn't stay that way. That's what the whole Revolutionary War was about. It was born out of the lion, but it had added to it the wings of an eagle. That's the American eagle. So it's interesting that Daniel sees that in Daniel chapter 7 and reveals later in that chapter that there begins to be a storm on the sea. And when the, when the lion and the eagle uh, nation that's carrying with it the spirit of babylon is is about to be diminished it comes down into the form of of one single man representing the final leader if you will of the significant power of the babylonian empire and when it reaches that point it basically no longer has the power of the lion nor the swiftness of the eagle it's basically left isolated and therefore exposed to to it's diminishing into into history and the rise of a new global power that's what the striving on the sea is all about we think that it's quite possible we're witnessing the same thing but what we're talking about is how scripture reveals things and the spirit of it because paul commanded us to compare spiritual things with spiritual things so the vision that daniel has is approximately Uh, Just a a few short months ahead of the time of the of the diminishing of the Babylonian Empire He doesn't understand what he's seeing and the angel Gabriel comes and tells him in verse 17 What you're actually seeing is something that that is linked to the time of the end in the far-flung future from Daniel's point That is why we're able to take statements like that and apply them to our time because that's what the Bible says That it was for the time of the end now Gabriel tells him all this stuff, but he doesn't understand what it is he's seeing, and so, so Gabriel tells him something else in uh, in verse uh, 26 and and 27. Can you read that, brother Jeremy?
0: And the vision of the evening and the morning, which was told, is true. Wherefore shut thou up the vision, for it shall be for many days. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick certain days afterward i rose up and did the king's business and i was astonished at the vision but none understood it
1: so what we see here in verse 26 is again if you go up a little bit when we covered this earlier in the week from verse 23 through verse uh, 25 in daniel chapter 8 what was actually revealed <clears throat> is the rise of of the king of fierce continents and and that he would be a king at the end of time uh, he's speaking about the antichrist and he also culminates in verse 25 by saying it's at his time in the far from future that the prince of princes the king of kings really the lord of glory jesus christ himself will come and destroy him And it's no wonder that Daniel didn't understand it. You know, he says, he says, I didn't understand what I saw. This is just so imagine, you know, you're Daniel in in 586 BC. And you're seeing things that quite possibly are 3,000, 2,500 years in the future. Uh, Of course, he didn't understand it. But the angel tells him, close up what you saw concerning this Antichrist figure and the return of the Prince of Princes. Because it's not going to be understood until the end of days or many days in the future. So intense was this spiritual experience he had in verse 27, what Brother Jeremy just read. He says, he fainted and then he was sick for for certain days. Afterwards, he rose up, did the king's business, but he was totally astonished. He had absolutely no clue. He said, I really didn't understand what I saw. Now, this brings us to the first year of Darius. Can you read verse one again, Brother Jeremy?
0: Yes. In the first year of Darius, the son of Hacerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans.
1: Now, now this is interesting because when we close out chapter, chapter eight, uh, We're just months away from the Babylonian Empire being taken off the the world stage as a global power. When we pick up chapter 9, he is now in the first year of Darius. So the transition has taken place. And he begins to to, uh, bring us to that point in human history where he says, now I'm up under a different kingdom. So the old kingdom closes. With Daniel having revealed to him that there's one coming in the future who, who we call the Antichrist and that it's in his time that Messiah will come and destroy him and set up his kingdom and then the vision is shut, won't be understood for many days, but it's in the far-flung future. That's the last thing that's revealed to him just before the, the changing of global power. And how we apply that to our time is it's quite conceivable why the Holy Spirit wrote it this way and why Daniel recorded it this way in his book is because what he was trying to alert an end time generation to is that when you see the diminishing of a Babylonian like empire at the end of time, understand you are now going to go into another shift and a a global reset will take place, but it should alert you that the vision that he had way back then is about to be fulfilled in your time. (laughs) Anyway, so this brings us to the first year of Darius, and really it's a most incredible year because remember this, brothers and sisters, Darius the Mede only ruled for one year. But what we see happen in this year is extraordinary. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 1, it's the first year of Darius. And Daniel begins to pray. That's what he said.
0: Can you read verse 2, Brother Jeremy? In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years Whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish seven years in the desolations of Jerusalem.
1: And I set myself uh, to pray. So when you now cross into the first year of Darius, Daniel begins to reveal something to us. But understand, he's writing it past tense. In other words, he's telling us what he went through. And what he's revealing is very interesting. Interesting because he draws our attention to the prophecies of Jeremiah the prophet where Jeremiah had said look there's going to be 70 years and and then uh it'll all be accomplished but what Daniel is actually revealing here is that he he was he was a bit confused because Babylon was now gone and he's in the first year of Darius so something's wrong. The 70 years are up and they're still in, in in the region of Babylon, but now they're up under another kingdom, Darius's kingdom, the Medes, and subsequently after him, the Persians, the Medes and the Persians together. And he's confused because Babylon has already fallen and they're still there. But what he discovers, and what he goes on to say by what he writes here, is that he realized that his calculations were off. He declares, I understood, or in other words, I came to understand. That's literally what that means, because remember, we're reading his reflections in chapter uh, 9, of what he went through to come to the position that we're going to discover here today. So basically what's being revealed is that once the Babylonian empire diminished and Darius the Mede came on the scene, who would only rule for a year, by the way, he's confused because what he's read in the book of Jeremiah, which told him that there would only be 70 years and then they'd be let go, He's now well into the 71st year, and there's no sign that they're going to be let go. God is an exact God. So what confused Daniel, and I went back and researched some of the really old writings from the rabbis to get their mind on this, and they said that that Daniel became confused because of the 71st year, that the 70 years had passed, and he was he was he was upset and troubled and 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 thought that maybe he had you know the people had done something that god wasn't going to keep his word that the 70 years had come and gone now and they're still there and he's wondering what in the world is going on and so that is why in verse three he he, he reveals to us i set myself And my face to seek the Lord by prayer, supplication, fasting, and sackcloth, and ashes. And I began to make my confession. And he begins to talk about how he repented, and he prayed on behalf of the people to repent. And when you read this prayer in Daniel chapter 9, he begins to deal with Jerusalem. He begins to pray about the temple. Why? Because that's all the things that Jeremiah said would happen. And so he's really troubled. And he says, (laughs) we're in Darius' kingdom, but we're supposed to be gone by now, and we're not. And what you're reading, actually, in Daniel chapter 9, is his postscript to what he came to understand. Because remember, Gabriel comes to tell him something, which is incredible. Now watch this. He discovers that his calculations were off, and that's what Daniel 9 is recording. He declares, uh, I came to understand, or I understood and really what he's referring to is what he learned as he studied and he prayed check this out what he learned what he learned brothers (laughs) it just blew me away because this has always been something i've looked at and went hmm but check this out so what he actually learned was that the 70-year period uh which he was having difficulty with right because once Belshazzar entered his kingdom and, and Darius took over, 70 years was over. Now he's in the, into the first year of Darius and they're still there. And so he begins to pray. Now, what the ancient rabbis tell us, like I just said, was that he actually thought, man, God changed his mind. They were never leaving. They'll never be. An I-. I mean, he was really upset and, 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 and confused. And so he sets himself to seek the Lord. He sets himself to look at multiple books. He said, the books, I understood by books and the prophecies of Jeremiah, it's supposed to be 70 years. And so he was confused and begins to pray along those lines. But what he came to understand was the accurate interpretation of prophecy. Because what Jeremiah had actually said was that the 70 years needed to be understood has two different 70-year periods, not one, but two. Now listen to this. There's two separate ways of calculation. Now the first way and the first thing that he was going to understand was that the 70 years of Babylon uh, that are referenced by Jeremiah, because I'm going to show you here in a second, Jeremiah was actually talking about two different 70-year periods, not one, but two different 70-year periods, and they had to be understood and calculated correctly so that they would know the precise time that they were going to be allowed to go back. Now, check this out. Brother Jeremy, could you turn over to Jeremiah chapter 25, and we'll see this. Jeremiah chapter 25. (laughs) <laughs> this is, I don't know about you, but I, I love this kind of stuff. Now look at this. Jeremiah chapter 25. Listen to what Jeremiah says concerning the first 70-year period. Read that to us in, in verse 11 and 12, Brother Jerry, please.
0: Amen. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. And it shall come to pass, when 70 years are accomplished, that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, saith the Lord, for their iniquity, and the land of the Chaldeans, and will make it perpetual desolations.
1: All right. So this is what Daniel came to understand. This is what was revealed to him. Our timing is off we had always thought that it was just going to be a 70 year period from the destruction of jerusalem but that's not what jeremiah said as a matter of fact when jeremiah is giving uh this this prophecy <laughs> uh it it's 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 something that he wants them to understand they're already well into this thing but he draws their attention and says this he identifies it as this way. He says in verse 11, the whole land shall be a desolation. He's, he's pronouncing judgment on Babylon. But he says before that, uh, the nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. The nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. So he identifies uh, the 70-year period, the first 70-year period, as being A 70-year period that applies to the Gentile nations that will come up under a ruler known as the king of Babylon. Verse 12 says, it shall come to pass that when those 70 years are accomplished, I will punish the king of Babylon. That's what happened. (laughs) Dan- <laughs> and remember we read about it in, in Daniel chapter 5 on the night that Belshazzar who was the last king of Babylon that was the 70th year to the day and and Babylon went off the scene and and it ceased from being the nation under which all the other nations had to serve So what what Daniel first began to understand was we're not we're not in Jerusalem right now, even though Babylon has now been diminished and Belshazzar has been punished, and Darius is now here. And it's and it's in his first year he begins to go, wait a minute, something's wrong here. And what he came to find out was his calculations were wrong and their understanding of the timing of their release was wrong, but that God's word wasn't. And when he got to this point, he realized, okay, there's two 70-year periods here. The first one is when Nebuchadnezzar becomes the the chief ruler and becomes a global superstate, the kingdom of Babylon from that point will last 70 years. Once the 70 years are up and it comes to the last king of Babylon, which is what we were just quoting here, Babylon itself will be diminished. But the people of Israel had a different seven-year period and how it was calculated. Check this out. Once Belshazzar went down and they were still there, that's what I was telling you, Daniel became confused. Listen to this. So he set himself to pray. Now I want to tell you something. You guys can go check this out and look this up later. But if you do a study, a historical study... Uh, You'll find out that Nebuchadnezzar became the king of the world, (laughs) basically, in the year 605 B.C. The fall of Babylon took place in the year 535 B.C. That's a total of 70 years. That 70-year rule was specifically a 70-year period of the domination of the world, and the nations up underneath that domination headed by the king of Babylon. The Babylonian empire ended its global power over the rest of the nations of the world from 605 to 535 to the day Jeremiah's words were fulfilled. But then Daniel realized, the reason we're still here is because we misinterpreted or didn't calculate correctly what else Jeremiah said. That's found in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10. Could you look at that, Brother Jeremy?
0: For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place.
1: So now remember what we just read there this is the other 70-year period that he's referring to. Where Daniel misunderstood something, and really where the sages of the time misunderstood, was that they attributed the rise of Nebuchadnezzar uh, as being the the date that marked the 70-year period where not only would he rule over the nations of the world until 70 years was up, but the fact that that the Jews had been caught up in that captivity within that 70 year period they assumed that that it that they had to date it from back date it to when nebuchadnezzar became a, a global power but they were in error because that's not what jeremiah said he said there was 70 years apportioned to the nations of the world but there was also 70 years apportioned to the people of israel but where you date that 70 years is absolutely vital to understanding when the captivity was actually going to be over. And that's what Daniel was wrestling over. So when he writes in Daniel chapter 9, go back there, Brother Jeremy. Okay. Okay. When he writes in Daniel chapter 9, he reveals to us how he came to understand and and how he came to fully uh, calculate right. And and this is what he he draws our attention to. Read to us verse 2
0: again. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Of Jerusalem. That's the key.
1: Mm -hmm. Understand what he's now revealing is that Jerusalem was supposed to be the identifying mark as it pertains to the people of God. Nebuchadnezzar's rule over the nations is a whole different situation because that rule was over the nations of the world. But as it pertained to God's people, he says, I understood what I hadn't understood before, that the calculation had to be from the destruction and desolation of Jerusalem. And and brothers,
0: that didn't occur until 586 B.C. Nebuchadnezzar
1: assumed power in 605 B.C. Belshazzar was destroyed on the very day the 70 years was up in 535 B.C. That's 70 years. But Jerusalem was destroyed in 586 B.C. And Ezra went back to to begin rebuilding Jerusalem in 516 B.C. That's also 70 years. So when Daniel tells us, I actually realized that my calculations had to actually begin our 70-year period, not when Nebuchadnezzar became the ruler of the world, but when Jerusalem was actually destroyed. This is what had confused Daniel, and so he reveals it in his prayer in Daniel chapter 9, which we just read. Now, some of that you might be confused what I just told you, but you're going to need to pause that, get a little pencil out, and do the research and do the calculations you'll see. This is precisely why Gabriel had to come and show up in the middle of this prayer. Because if you read the prayer in Daniel chapter 9, I mean, he's talking about, you know, he's telling us what he was praying before he actually came to understand and what he came to understand had to be revealed to him in in verse 16 look what he's praying about brother
0: jeremy oh lord according to all thy righteousness i beseech thee let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from the from thy city jerusalem thy holy mountain because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. And
1: then verse 17.
0: Now, therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake.
1: So now he's identifying the temple, he's identifying Jerusalem, the holy mountain, and then he says, Oh God, incline your ear. Behold, open your eyes, behold our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you for our righteousness' sake, but for your great mercy. So he's he's giving us what he was praying. Verse one through three, he's telling us, you know, I misunderstood. And then he says, and in the midst of my praying, I actually came to understand. So we're actually looking at a post-prayer commentary, basically, when you're reading chapter 9. So when he gets here, what, he's, <laughs> what we pick up the prayer is he's saying, God, we're well into the first year of Darius the king here. Seventy years, as I've been calculating it, has come and gone, and nothing has happened. But in verse 2, he's telling us, but I did finally come to understand it when i used jerusalem and its destruction as the counting point not the ascendancy of nebuchadnezzar in 605 but the destruction of jerusalem in 586. and what i came to understand was that jeremiah apportioned two 70-year periods one was for the gentile nations to be defined as the moment that nebuchadnezzar became the supreme power of the world in 605 uh, bc and one is dealing with God's people, the Jews, to be defined as when Jerusalem was destroyed, that didn't occur until 586. And if you do the calculations and you subtract 70 years from 586, when Jerusalem was destroyed, you'll come to find out that it leads you right to the very time that the decree went forth and Ezra led a contingent back to Jerusalem to begin rebuilding exactly 70 years to the day. Two separate 70-year periods. Daniel's revealing something here. I was initially confused, but then I understood. It came by prayer, it came by study, and it came by angelic visitation. Can you read to us, Brother Jeremy, in verse 20
0: and 21? And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord, my God, for the holy mountain of my God. Yeah, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And then what did he say to me, Brother Jeremy? And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. And verse 23. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore understand the matter and consider the vision so
1: what he tells us is that in the midst of him praying in the first year of darius absolutely upset because he doesn't understand he says look 70 years is coming gone belshazzar's done with and the 70 years is over and we're still here and now i'm praying and i'm seeking god because maybe we've done something wrong But that doesn't make any sense because God always fulfills his word exactly like he said. But I'm still not understanding, so I'm seeking God. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm weeping. I'm praying over the temple. I'm praying over Jerusalem. And then he says, and while I was praying, Gabriel shows up. And what Gabriel tells him in verse 22 is, I'm going to give you the skill and the understanding necessary so that you'll understand what the actual 70-year captivity means for you. That's why he wrote in verse 2, I came to understand by books, by prayer, by supplication, and a visitation from the angel that he records here, that the time when I was supposed to begin calculating was not when Nebuchadnezzar became a dominant power over the whole world, but when Jerusalem was actually destroyed. And I misunderstood what Jeremiah was actually saying in Jeremiah 25, which we read that there would be 70 years until the final king of Babylon. So when Belshazzar, the final king of Babylon, went down, indeed, 70 years, 605 B.C. to 535 B.C., had transpired, but the children of Israel were still there. And so it confused him. And so he began to seek God, and he came to understand that the calculations were off. And he reveals to us that that skill to understand that came directly to him from heaven by the angel Gabriel, who was dispatched to bring understanding to him. Daniel had not correctly perceived these prophecies fully, although they occurred within the same general time frame. He understood something. One was in a portion 70 years for the Gentiles and one was in a portion 70 years for the Jews. Gabriel begins to unfold the correct calculations to him and reveals to him that it would occur in two phases. Listen, this is why he, he begins to give him these kinds of calculations. Look at verse 25. Read that, Brother Jeremy, in verse
0: 25. Know therefore and understand That from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks, and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublous times.
1: Now what he begins to reveal right here is so profound, man, because he identifies something to him. He tells him that that the captivity is going to be over when you when you hear of the commandment to go and restore and rebuild Jerusalem. That's the first thing he says, and he, he reveals it's going to happen in two phases. That's what you see here. Then he like interjects the Messiah in the middle of that, talking about seven weeks and three score and two weeks, which really actually is four hundred and eighty-three years. something like that but that middle interjection we won't deal with right now but i want to show you something because he reveals that the actual captivity uh, being ended is going to not happen until there is a commandment to go and restore and build jerusalem well we know that occurred under the reign of Cyrus, but at the time of nehemiah it hadn't been completed yet and so that's why De- uh, Gabriel reveals to Daniel at the bottom of verse 25, where he says, Also, the street will be built again, and the wall, even in troublous times. Remember, the, the, the temple had initially started to be rebuilt under the time of Ezra and, and them guys, but then it stopped. And you can read about that in, in the prophecies of Hag- Haggai, right? And, and, and Habakkuk in and those places in there, and in Zechariah early on the the rebuilding of the city the rebuilding of uh, of of uh, of the temple but the temple stopped being built and it, and then when you read your biblical history that's when you find Nehemiah as the cupbearer of the king all troubled because Jerusalem was still uh, in ruins and 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 so when you look at the two things what Gabriel was doing was giving him skill and giving him an understanding, and also identifying to him when the actual 70 years for the Jews was up. Now, what's interesting about this is that Cyrus and Darius the <laughs> Third of a, of Ahasuerus, they were Persians, not Medes. And so what we see here is that between the time of the fall of Babylon, now, this is going to be really trippy for some of you, but and the actual release of the captivity of the children of Israel and they head off to Jerusalem. What Daniel had revealed to him is Daniel, you still have 18 years left as God reckons time for the Jews until you're going to be released. The identifying uh, point where you must begin your calculations is when the temple was destroyed and Jerusalem burnt to the ground. There had already been a captivity, remember? They had already taken uh, Jehoiakim, and they had already taken uh, Jeconiah. Uh, Zedekiah was still there, though, right? And all them guys were over in captivity. Well, they were already counting the 70 years that Jeremiah had had prophesied at the beginning of captivity, but that's not what was to uh, was to come to be realized was not the time they were supposed to count. It wasn't going to be until Jerusalem was actually destroyed. That's what Jeremiah was referring to. And so they had to begin counting then. And why this is interesting is because it's a general thing that came to be revealed to them. They began to see the transition of global powers, global states, All foreshadows of the end-time global state that we're seeing come to pass now. Babylon had to go off the scene, but there was still going to be a period of 18 years before the actual return to Jerusalem would happen. So what this teaches us, first and foremost, is that prophetic things uh, are not always uh, interpreted correctly, even by the greatest among us. And, and what this is a foreshadow, I believe is a lot of these things that we have heard in the history of the church leading up to our time, and our our calculations of it, if you will, have been off precisely because we have not fully understood the time frame or the emergence of the necessary markers and components on a global scale that could alert the discerning that are prophesied to exist, who return to the scriptures, will be given an assistance from heaven by the Holy Spirit to begin to fully understand exactly where they are. From the time that Babylon fell till the time of the actual reestablishment and the rebuilding of the temple would be 18 more years. I'm just gonna throw that out there because it's kind of interesting. I mean, 18 can actually be three divided into 18 equals what? Six. Or three, huh? <laughs> or three times yeah. six, right? Six. I won't yeah, go six there.
0: times three, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I won't go into those three sixes right now because that's just too much. And I know some of you, your minds are already whizzing around, but listen, he was revealing in, in chapter nine, verse 25, that two things uh, you have: you have 18 more years, Daniel, until the 70 years of Israel's captivity is finished. That's what he read in Jeremiah 29:10. And once that happens, he then begins to uh, reveal to him that there will be 48three years that are going to pass until Messiah comes.
0: It's incredible. And we'll <laughs> it, it,
1: that's what he said, right? In verse 25, read that to us again, brother Jeremy.
0: Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times.
1: So seven weeks and three score and two. weeks. That's biblical language, symbolic language, uh, each week uh, representing a seven-year period of time. Therefore, we take 69 times seven, and you come out to 483 years. Again, calculations, right? Daniel's skill level and understanding began to be enlarged here. And what was being revealed to him is that your number calculations are off. I'm going to take you even deeper, he says. When they begin to issue the command to go forth and rebuild Jerusalem, that will be the day that you know that the 70 years are up. You must calculate them from the time that Jerusalem was destroyed, not from the time that you were initially taken captive. It's Jerusalem we're talking about. And so he says, understand that the reason you're going through what you're going through right now And why you saw winds striving on the sea and all that kind of stuff is because this has to do with the coming of the Messiah. And I'm going to be so specific with you, he says, that when this commandment goes forth to rebuild Jerusalem, you only have 483 years left as a nation before the prince of peace, the king of kings, the lord of lords, walks into Jerusalem. He's coming. God gave Daniel such precise instruction as to the appearance of the Messiah, that even to this day, the backslidden liberal theologians don't believe that Daniel wrote the book of Daniel, because Daniel wrote and recorded specifically the calculations necessary So that the day that Jesus came into Jerusalem, just like Gabriel told him, when he rode into Jerusalem on that donkey, it was the exact day that Gabriel said he would come into Jerusalem. And that's when he came into Jerusalem. Daniel had it revealed to him. And and he was being told, you have 18 more years here. The 70 years for your people will be concluded. And once that happens and you're on your way back, begin to tell the people they have 483 years till Messiah comes. The first time listen understand daniel the kingdom of god will not come until the messiah is then cut off and the second temple is destroyed this is what blew daniel's mind that's what he had revealed to him
0: in verse 26 read that brother jeremy and after three score and two weeks shall messiah be cut off but not for himself and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined.
1: So he reveals to him something that <laughs> that actually blew Daniel away. What Daniel is actually having being revealed to him now is not only is the Messiah coming, but he's going to be crucified. He's going to die. That's what he says in verse 26, that after three score and two weeks, 69 weeks. Now remember, 70 weeks, he told him in verse 24. Read that again, Brother Jeremy. 70 weeks,
0: verse 24. Yes. 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophesy, excuse me, and prophecy and to anoint the most holy.
1: Seventy weeks, that's 490 years. That's what he's talking about. What's interesting, what is actually being given to him is the understanding that 483 of those 490 years will transpire. It is at that time in the 483rd year that the Messiah, who God is sending to you at that time, will be cut off. He will be killed. And he says in verse 26, he'll be cut off, but not for himself he was revealing to him that the messiah was going to pay a price but it wasn't a price that he owed he was laying down his his life for the whole world and then he said that event would put a stop to the calendar that's what he was revealing <laughs> in verse 25 read that again in verse 25 jeremy
0: know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times.
1: So as we read in, 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 in verse 24, 70 weeks are apportioned and we ain't got time to get into all this. You guys can study it yourself but each week is a a period in biblical talk of symbolic language of a seven year period. So 70 weeks times seven equals 490 years. He then goes on to reveal to him that when they are going to be let out of captivity, which would be 18 years from this point when they're going to be let out of captivity, he says, start your counting as a nation. And he says from that point, 483 years are going to transpire. But then the calendar will be cut off. It'll stop at 483 years with the crucifixion of the Messiah. It'll be cut off. And then what he goes on to say is that the people of the prince, referencing the Antichrist in the future that's going to come, the people of him are going to destroy the city and the sanctuary. He says after the Messiah is cut off, after he goes to Calvary, basically we know the story, right? After he goes to Calvary and he dies, he says, <laughs> he says, uh, the city is going to be destroyed again, Jerusalem, and the sanctuary, the Second Temple, is going to be destroyed. And and so what he was revealing to Daniel at that point is something Daniel hadn't understood. No one had that there would yet remain a third temple in the future that would be rebuilt. So when he says Messiah is cut off, the calendar stops. 483 years had transpired, but that leaves us, brothers and sisters, seven years that are yet to be fulfilled. That is where the prophecy teachers of old get this seven-year tribulation period, because they all knew. And and even the sages, the rabbis, knew that there is a seven-year period that is appointed at the end of time. That's what's still missing. But the reason this is intriguing to us is, is precisely the way that Daniel's book is written and And you know the coming and the goings of kings and all the symbolic languages, the heads of gold and the arms of silver, the lions, the eagles, the bears, all that kind of stuff the you know the four horns, the leopard with the wings the the little horn that comes up between them it's written in such a way so that let me tell you this flat out that the casual observer the the fringe Christian, if you will. The uh, the uh, <laughs> the inability to focus and seek God by the compromise, they won't understand a word of what I'm telling you and what what Daniel is telling us. But he said at the time of the end, he's going to begin to unlock these things. Now I'm laying some foundations here because because we're about to enter into that final seven years. That's what he goes on to say in verse 27. Read this, Brother Jeremy, verse 27.
0: And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease for the overspreading of abominations. He shall make it desolate even unto the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate.
1: The desolate. So, okay, here we go. So now he accelerates into that final week, right, where he says, verse 27, he, speaking of the Antichrist, he shall confirm the covenant with many for a seven-year period, one week. Seven days is equal to, each day is equal to a year in biblical symbology right now as we're teaching this. Now listen, but in the midst of that uh, seven-year period, He's going to cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. So what, what, <clears throat> what Daniel was having revealed to him is at the end of 483 years, the Messiah is coming. He's going to be cut off, crucified, we now know. And, and that is when you need to mark the calendar as stopping. And then he says what's going to happen is the Romans are going to come and destroy the city. He called it the prince of the people that shall come. They're going to come and destroy your city. They're going to destroy the second temple. And then time stops, and and the reason that they can't see it is because it's recorded here that the Jews it is, is that this time that stops up until the final seven-year period of human history was the time that Jesus calls the time of the Gentiles. Where Jerusalem will be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Remember, if you compare Matthew 24, and then it's within that confines of Matthew 24 that he begins to reference the abomination of desolation that Daniel spoke of. He says that this one that's coming, when he arises as a political figure, he's going to lend his weight to pre existing contracts and covenants and peace treaties, really, that are existing that affect is Israel. what he also had revealed to him in verse 27 is that there is a place where they're offering sacrifices and oblations so what daniel was having revealed to him there was if you're going to have sacrifice and oblation you've got to have a place to to offer the sacrifice and the oblation so that is why many believe that a third temple is coming or a a place of religious worship will be constructed where sacrifice will be allowed to be offered. And the Jews will once again begin to offer sacrifice. But what he goes on to reveal is in the midst of this final seven years, at the three and a half year point, that's when he becomes Antichrist and shows himself for who he really is. And he desecrates the temple. That's what Jesus called the abomination of desolation. And then his vision ends chapter 9 is over again remember Darius lasted for for one year and that's when we began our study today now Daniel chapter 10 reveals extraordinary things and remember what what Daniel then goes on to say in chapter 10 read verse 10 brother Jeremy I mean, chapter 10, verse 1, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah.
0: In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision.
1: And what we know here is Daniel's given another vision, but notice where he dates it. He's now into the third year of Cyrus. They still haven't gone back to Jerusalem, right? So he's writing now because he's had revealed to him in Daniel chapter 9. That's why he said, I understood by books. Our calculations were off by about 18 years. And then he says, I had to be given skill and understanding from heaven by the archangel Gabriel who came and made me understand these things. And not only that, but he revealed to me the very precise day that messiah would come into jerusalem and he revealed to me that messiah was going to be cut off as a sacrifice he doesn't die because of himself he dies for others at that point he says it was revealed to me that the calendar will stop when messiah dies and he's cut off for the people the calendar will stop and the and the temple that i've been praying about in ignorance because I thought that was going to be the final thing and we'd all come back and happy days are here again, that temple that's going to be rebuilt is going to be destroyed. And then there will be a long, undefined period. Like he said, the vision is for many days ahead. It won't be understood to the end time. He says, but what I will tell you is there's going to be a third temple rebuilt into which is going to come the wicked one. At first, he'll come peaceably. At first, he'll seem like a like a political figure that's that's just unstoppable. No one can fight against him. He everybody kind of starts, you know, getting on his bandwagon, and and you, the Jewish people, are going to be allowed to have a a third temple, which is what you've been waiting for. And your writings, your your commentaries, say that it's going to be the Messiah that lets you rebuild the third temple, and that's what Jesus meant. When he told them, you you don't receive me, and I came to you in my father's name, he says, there's one coming in the future. That's the one you're going to receive, and he's going to come in his own name, but he's a deceiver. And in the midst of this final seven-year period, suddenly his mask will be ripped off, and you're going to, in horror, realize that you've received the wrong messiah. And the final three and a half years that Jesus calls the great tribulation will be triggered at that point. And then Daniel then has chapter 10 written. And he says, now we're in the third year of Cyrus. Darius is off the scene. He only only, uh, ruled for one year. But I want you to understand something very profound here. That year was vital. That one year of Darius was vital, and that is why we see such contention in that one year, which we'll look at real quickly as we as we get ready to close here. That one year period was fought over and contested. Now, I'm going to show you something here in a minute. Daniel goes into the third year of Cyrus, and he reveals another vision. He says the vision that he saw was so intense, and he didn't understand it, and he sets himself to pray again, and he fasts for 21 days trying to get an answer from heaven and he doesn't understand he begins to fast to pray like i said for 21 days and then suddenly gabriel comes back and he reveals something incredibly powerful first of all uh after he fasts and prays he uh, he shows up and he's he's totally weak and and Dan, and gabriel has to strengthen him and, and uh and then he says this is what he strengthens me and i was able to stand up and I'm I'm shaking all over, and then and then Gabriel speaks to him and tells him this in verse twelve and thirteen. What does he say in twelve and thirteen, brother?
0: And then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia.
1: So this vision that he has in the third year of Cyrus now, Darius is is well gone, right? So we're looking at four years after Daniel chapter 9. And again, the people of Israel are still there. But Daniel ain't sweating it because he now understands. That's what he was saying. I understood that our calculations were off. Not by a lot, but, but enough. Almost two decades off. But now he's okay. He settled in. And then Cyrus comes to power and he has this vision, which he doesn't understand. He begins to seek God over this new vision that he has. And, and he fasts and prays and seeks God for 21 days but no answer. Finally, the angel Gabriel shows up, basically telling him, the very first day you started praying, don't be afraid. The very first day you started praying, in verse 12, and and set your heart and chasing yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I'm here for you. But then he reveals something to him, in, in verse 13. He says that the prince of the kingdom of Persia was fighting against me for 21 days, and in verse thirteen he says, "Michael, one of the chief princes, he had to he came to help me, and we stayed there for twenty one days fighting this incredibly powerful being called the prince of persia twenty one days, three weeks, and he says, But now I'm here, basically Michael's holding down the sword, <laughs> but now I'm here and then he goes on and strengthens him and all this kind of stuff and then in verse 20 and 21. Can you read that to us, Brother Jeremy?
0: Then said he, knowest thou, wherefore I come unto thee? And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of uh, Gresha shall come. But I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. And there is none That hold it with me in these things, but Michael, your prince.
1: Okay, now listen. Stay with me now. Again, we're getting insight here. What has this got to do with anything? Everything. What you are witnessing right now, brothers and sisters, is these same princes, these same forces... These same rulers of the darkness of this world and the unseen veil just beyond the eyes are the same forces that are contesting over the planet right now. I ain't got time (laughs) to get into all that. You're going to have to study on your own, but you're going to need the spiritual keys that Daniel is giving us here to understand, to apply understanding. You're going to have to understand one of the most uh interesting things about how the book is written the dates are specific that's why i keep going back and forth between the dates the visions that are given up underneath those dates and who is ruling are keys and and what is revealed in those dates in those times as it goes back and forth are very much written in a way that require you to search it out in order for the spirit of god to lead the serious into seeing some profound things now we we have here revealed to us and what what what's about to be revealed to Daniel is the rest of history to the end of the world and and at, at such a specific level but Gabriel begins to fill information here and what's interesting is what he says in verse 21 When he says, I'm going to show you that which is noted in the scripture of truth. So what was being resisted at a very high level in the unseen realm, which required angels fighting each other, powerful creatures who have been around forever (laughs) once they were created by God contesting over the scripture of truth, bringing the understanding of the times to the prophet so that he could record it in the earth. Michael is being revealed here as a powerful general, and both Michael and Gabriel are fighting to reveal and to assist in the prophecy's fulfillment It had to be delivered. But then, in chapter 11, Gabriel reveals something really incredible. Brother Jeremy, could you read chapter
0: 11, verse 1, please? Also I, in the first year of Darius, the Mede, even I stood to confirm and to strengthen him.
1: Listen, what he's revealing there. Remember where we started in Daniel chapter 9? It's in the first year of Darius, right? That's what he said. Daniel chapter 9 is the first year of Darius. Can I get an amen from the peanut gallery? Amen? Amen. (laughs) So, So listen, he now gives him some information about Darius. Or the time of Darius. And he and he identifies him as who? Darius the Mede, right? Daniel chapter 11, verse 1. Darius the Mede. So what he reveals here is that in that first year of Darius the Mede, precisely when Daniel's praying and trying to understand why they haven't been let go yet, and what actually came to him as we've been discussing all this time, is that his calculations were off. He says that at that time, uh, that Michael was fighting with the prince of Persia, and that in that first year of Darius the Mede, that he had to come and stand with Michael to confirm him and strengthen him. Listen, (laughs) in verse 21... He says, I'm going to show you that which is noted in the scripture of truth, and there's none, that, there's none that holds or fights with me in these things, things pertaining to prophecy and scripture, the connection between heaven and earth and the fulfillment of God's will. Some sort of thing is being revealed to us here as to, as to these two archangels of God, these, these anointed vessels of God, chief princes of the armies of God. He says, "Our connective ministry is, and 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 the one who stands with me all the time is Michael, and he is your prince. Michael is the archangel over the nation of Israel. What he had revealed to us in Daniel chapter ten verse thirteen is that when he's coming to to answer Daniel's prayer, this great battle took place, and." And and the principality, the power known as the prince of the kingdom of Persia, was fighting against Gabriel for 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help him. So Gabriel saying, look, I'm fighting with this prince from Persia. Michael had to come help me. He said, I helped Michael in the first year of Darius fight. He said, also in the first year of Darius the Mede, I stood to confirm and strengthen him. He's talking about Michael. So what this reveals to us is, which is something I've never heard before, ever, but it says it here, is that there was also a fight between angelic powers in the one year that so much happened as Babylon went off the scene. And there was that one year interim period where so much was revealed. What was revealed, we just read in chapter nine, when the Messiah would come down to the very day that the second temple would be destroyed, Uh, the exposing of the Antichrist that's yet to come, the final seven-year period of human history in the far-flung future, uh, the actual timing of the release of the captivity and the rebuilding of Jerusalem, all of it was revealed. But also remember, (laughs) Michael was fighting to keep Darius in power. That's what he was fighting over. We have to ask the question, what was going on here? Why was Michael having to fight? And why did Gabriel have to come and assist him and strengthen or confirm him? He uses these words here. uh, Let me read that again. What he said, he said, I I stood to confirm and strengthen him. What does the word confirm mean there, Brother Jeremy, in in, in verse 1 of chapter 11?
0: To fasten upon, hence to seize. be strong, courageous, cure, help, fortify. So to fortify him, all of these things.
1: So brothers and sisters, again, I'm speaking to spiritual people. What we are witnessing right now in this final year, as one global empire is being contested over... And they're proclaiming a new world power is rising called the global reset. There is an interim period where things need to be revealed. And they are being revealed. It is, it is a repeat of what happened in the time of Daniel. The same forces are contesting now because precisely what Daniel had revealed to him is now being fulfilled on a global scale in that time period it was the ancient world but we know from the principles of scripture isaiah 46:10, that he declares the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end and the things that we're talking about are the great global power predicted to rise and that coming wicked one we call him the antichrist the stage is being set but there was a, a brief period where much accelerated clarity was given to daniel and it was that final year as the Old Babylonian Empire was about to diminish and the new power was about to come the one-year period was vital to bring absolute accurate information to the then body of Christ if you will represented by the prophet Daniel and the holy people of Israel that were that were still there it came to Daniel precise information it had to be given and it was it was being contested that's what Mike uh, Gabriel's revealing here in 111, one. it was in the first year of darius everything we talked to you about today had to deal with the first year of darius reign he only ruled that one year but daniel was given unbelievable clarity and insight as to what would uh, befall the people of israel all the way up to the coming of the messiah the crucifixion of jesus christ the rise of the roman empire to destroy israel the destruction of the temple the Gentile age for 2,000 years, and then the final seven year of human history, all of it placed into the scripture of truth. That's what he called it, the scripture of truth. And that if that one year period hadn't occurred, none of it apparently would have been able to be established in the earth. That's how serious it was. But what we learn from it is if we are the people that are witnessing the fall of one global empire and the rise of another and if the vision that was given to daniel occurred one year or it began to be made plain to him a year before the ultimate or months before really transition of power took place and as we explore it once that transition takes place it's in that very first year of transition the first year of Darius. That all that we've been talking about was revealed. So what we're saying is it's quite possible that as we see the diminishing of one global empire in our time and the rise of a global reset, should it occur, then what is also going to occur is what happened to Daniel. And that is this, that we will see with precision and clarity everything that was revealed to him in our time. Because what it was said there, as we read, is that it was for our time. It was for the time of the end. That's what he told him in in, uh, in chapter 8, uh, verse 17. Can you read that to us one more time, Jeremy, real quick?
0: Yes. 17. So he came near where I stood. And when he came, I was afraid and fell upon my face. But he said unto me, Understand, O oh son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. Is is it any wonder that Daniel's up under this incredible,
1: uh, intense struggle? And what Gabriel reveals to him is not only are you going through it, bro, <laughs>
2: but
1: we be fighting up here too. You know, I mean, we're <laughs> we're dealing with some incredible things. And then he says. then daniel goes on as he's recording this and says i didn't understand my vision verse 27 uh you know i i even got sick in that final year so i want to go into that and then he crosses over into chapter 9 and the first year of darius where he becomes confused and that we've talked about that that interim period the decline of babylon the rise of the global reset And, and it's in that one year That a fight takes place. And it manifests itself in a very interesting way. But what was attempting to be prevented was the dissemination of accurate understanding of the end time. And this is why Michael was fighting, attempting to preserve the year, the year of clarity, if you will, the year of understanding prophetic things for the wise represented by Daniel was being fought over. In the spirit by the archangel Michael and Gabriel reveals in eleven one. in that one year of Darius the Mede, I had to come and help Michael, just like <laughs> he came to help me to give you understanding of the rest of your book, chapter 11 and chapter 12. So Michael was fighting to keep Darius in power. Now, why? Because he favored Daniel, remember? Because the Mede and the the Persian presidents and princes were seeking to destroy Daniel in that first year. And really, all the Jews by decree. Gabriel says, I had to come strengthen Michael against the wicked forces that were seeking to influence matters and bring the Persians to power to destroy the Jews. And Daniel, I mean, the implications are really staggering. Daniel (laughs) <laughs> Daniel was, was was coming up under danger in that one year, and it was an effort to prevent what? The calculation of the coming of the Messiah. Uh, see, I know this is heavy, man. I know this is deep stuff, and I know it might be confusing to some, but I challenge you, listen to all five podcasts this week listen to today very carefully if you need to pause you need to do research you need to go and reference these scriptures you need to listen to it carefully because i really sense that you're on the edge but you don't really get it because what's really being said here is very very profound according to the scripture not because we're saying it but i'm saying look the effort the con- contestation of of the forces of light and darkness at this time was an effort to prevent the calculation of the coming of the Messiah from being written in the scriptures in the earth for our time. That's what he just said. The time of the end, this vision will be understood. That's what Gabriel means when he wrote concerning the scripture of truth. It was being fought over. Praise God, right? They prevailed. They prevailed. And what goes on to be revealed, the prevailing, at the time of Darius, was to receive incredible calculations from the time of the going forth to restore and rebuild, right? He said, understand, there's going to be 483 years from that decree, Daniel, and then Messiah will come. He said he'll be cut off, but not for himself. The, prince of the, the people of the prince that will come will then come and destroy the second temple, destroy Jerusalem, and there'll be a, an interim period of thousands of years, And then at that end of time, when it arrives, it will all come down to one final week, one final seven-year period of time. All of that was revealed in the first year of Darius. And that's why Michael came and had to fight, strengthen, and Gabriel came to help him then. And that's how chapter 9 ends. Then we go into chapter 10, which begins the process of revealing the rest of human history. Chapter 10, chapter 11, chapter 12, which brings it all the way up to our time, because that's what we've been talking about. Proper calculation, proper understanding. It was given to Daniel in the one-year interim period when really they lost their bearings as it came to, where are we? What's actually happening? And Gabriel always told him, this is for the time of the end. This is why you're going through what you're going through. It's requiring great battles in the heavens in order to make this available to you because you're greatly loved and and you're going to record it, but you won't understand it all. But it will be understood for that generation at the end who will then begin to read your writings and understand exactly where they are. Their calculations will begin to come into focus and what they're going to know is that the Lord of glory is coming. Now we understand, which is where we're going to look at more deeply on Monday. Maybe not as deep as these kinds of things we've been trying to share today, but we're going to look at something. Now let's return to Daniel chapter 6. Go over there, Brother Jeremy, would you? Because this is this is when Darius took over, right? Can you read verse one? Or verse read thirty one, chapter five, verse thirty one and verse one of chapter six, would you brother Jeremy?
0: Yes. And Darius, the median, took the kingdom, being about three score and two years old. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom a hundred and twenty princes which should be over the whole kingdom. Verse two, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might have give account unto them, and the king should have no damage. In verse three, please. I'm sorry so just had you let it off. <laughs> then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm.
1: In verse 4 says, The presidents and the princes then began to seek an occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they couldn't find an occasion or any fault for as much that he was faithful, and neither was there any error or fault found in him. And so what did they do? These men said, We shall not find any occasion against this, Daniel, except... We find it against him concerning the law of his God. The global reset came. This is the first and only year of Darius who gone out over it at length. Gabriel reveals there in chapter 10 and 11 that it was during this year that Michael himself had to come and fight to keep Darius in power. Darius showed favor on Daniel. When the global reset occurred, what we learn is that Daniel is at a, is in a position of prominence. He's at a very high elevated level within the economy of the running of the kingdom or the government. But that wasn't going to last. A move was going to be made against him. They sought all kinds of means to attack him, but they couldn't. And so what they do is they set about to figure out how we can begin to implement laws and strategies that will come against this man of God because there are lines he won't cross. There are things he cannot do if it pertains to his God. And it was at this time, had they succeeded early on, then Daniel, who later writes in Daniel chapter 9 that it was in this very year that we're talking about here, that he begins to seek God and begins to ask God, what is going on? We should be out of here by now, (laughs) but we're not. And so he witnessed the transition of one empire to the other. The second empire that came was a global reset. And the laws that were enacted were directed to persecute. And they were meant to prepare the way. for the the overrun of the whole world and the removing of the people of God from the scene, the destruction of the Jews. Because remember what they go on to create a law about, which is very much a foreshadow of the Antichrist, that no God can be prayed to except, and, and that no one can make a petition or a prayer to any God except to the king, which is exactly what the Antichrist is going to do. So it is in this time that we now know from Daniel chapter 10 and Daniel chapter 11, which Gabriel revealed that Michael came and held back the tide of the Persian Empire taking its full expression. Only Darius the Mede, he's the only Mede that ruled, and he ruled only for a year, because so much had to come into the earth at that time. Bottom line, what came, as we read all the as we talked about all today, was exact, precise information concerning the rise and falls of global empires throughout a 2,000-year history after the destruction of the Second Temple and the coming of the Lord at the end. It was put into the earth for us. And what we are realizing right now and what we're seeing and what we can be expecting is that what is next on the horizon for us in the days ahead, we're not putting a precise date on anything. But we are beginning to get clarity as to these end times and what we are can, what we can expect in the coming days. When Babylon diminished, the next thing was the law of the Medes and the Persians, an unbreakable law. That's what's coming. What it is doing is setting the stage for the wicked one that Daniel had revealed to him in Daniel chapter eight, and Daniel chapter nine, so forth and so on. So I said all that to say this. The return of the Lord and the destruction of the beast and the beast system and the wicked kingdoms of this world and the false prophet that is yet to come. It's just ahead. Jesus is coming. Now, listen, Monday, we're going to explore these laws in Daniel chapter six and what they mean for us now, because that's what yeah. we're going to be seeing, what, what what Daniel goes through. The laws were changed in order for him to be persecuted. Because ultimately, what we are witnessing, ladies and gentlemen, is precisely what Gabriel revealed uh, about him and Michael, that they were fighting over, the, you know, over these things and trying to protect the people of God, but that mm-hmm. that wicked forces of of an of an eternal nature, driven and governed by the highest of what once was the anointed cherub, we call him Satan. These forces. Are always seeking to destroy and eradicate the people of God from off the face of the earth, but the prophetic understanding is what tells us that when we see the kinds of times that we 're living in we are meant to understand them from the perspective of biblical prophecy i 'm talking to the believer, and what we have seen today are, are are his multiple things one of them is is that up underneath the times of these these, these visions and these, these, these words that Daniel began to receive, which, which we went over and over again, were, were designed to be placed in the earth and sealed until the time of the end. <laughs> that what we are seeing is precisely that, is that we have now reached that time. And the same flow that brought about the information to begin with, is the same kind of flow that we are witnessing now the same forces the same kingdoms the same strategies and subsequently the same protection for the children of God behind the scenes all of it working together and pieced together begin to portray a great picture to us all of us brothers and sisters the days are here It has begun, and we need to be ready. When they came looking for Daniel, they found him in his house, praying. (laughs) That's where they found him. It's really a foreshadow, quite possibly, of a return to the early days of the church who met from house to house. It's no no incident here. I mean, no uh, coincidence, I, I meant to say. Uh, that we too find ourselves now at this time having to seek God from our house. That's where Daniel was when the gro- global reset took place. We'll talk about that a little bit more on Monday. <clears throat> if anything, and I know I've covered some some wide and, and interesting things, at least to me, uh, of what's been going on. I pray that it stimulates you to at least explore and search the scriptures for the days that we're living in. And, and we pray most of all that you understand one thing and one thing above all. Jesus Christ is Lord. And all we are witnessing right now are the final days just before he comes. The world is coming and moving toward a date with destiny. And as the Bible says, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of god the father even so come quickly lord is my prayer brother fernando i i think it's appropriate at this time that you share with us something that happened as we close today uh with your brother and i'd like you to share that uh with us and then brother jeremy can close us out if you don't mind
2: yeah um, my brother called me prior to the podcast um, and uh, startled, very startled. Um, he said he was woken up by a dream that he had <clears throat> at around 2:45 in the morning. And uh, I was sharing it with with you brothers, the dream, and, and it really confirms uh, the things that we've been talking about uh, for the last what nine months, almost ten months. And yeah. uh, you know, and 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 that term we've been throwing out there that that they're using that global reset you know uh which which will bring a economical reset to the whole world um and so forth and so on and uh you know the lord's dealt with my brother through dreams um you know since since a child but he said it it, it, it's been a while since he's really really been startled like this or or had a dream of this nature but in the dream uh, he said that he found himself in a church, and my brother's a drummer, so uh, he, he was playing the drums in the church, um, and and you know he was he was going along with with the worship that was going on, and <clears throat> he said that in the choir there was a particular person um, or being that kept looking at him and began to make him feel very uncomfortable as the um, the worship was going on, to the point where he couldn't continue uh, going along with the worship. It, it, there was no flow, no rhythm to it. He couldn't find that, that spirit of worship uh, to continue uh, ministering in, in, in the drums and, and uh, the instrument that he was playing. And he said that, uh, while all that was happening, he remember two young men uh, who came up to him and said, you know what, L- let me take over and play the drums. And and my my brother without resistance kind of just said, have at it. Here you go. <laughs> and uh, they began to uh, play the drums, and he exited the church. He said, what well, was unusual about the church uh, when he exited through one of the doors, he was immediately inside a large mall so that's strange in itself that there was this church and service was going on but it was connected to a mall and he said when when uh he 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 went through that exit he entered into a mall he said that the mall was busy it was busy kind of like you would imagine during the holidays right people are buying and selling and and and, and, and he, it's just it's you know, it's just uh uh a lot of people just purchasing stuff with bags and things of that nature and and he said that kinda of puzzled him the fact that, you know, he exited the church and he now enters the mall. And uh he was with his wife uh walking out the mall and he said that when he reached uh when he went outside of the mall, he said that I was in the car waiting for him. And uh he said we drove and had you know, had a conversation and then we ended up back into this mall, the parking lot. We entered the mall and he said that uh he said that I was in his dream and and we both were walking through the mall just kinda observing everything and, and and the busyness of it, so to speak. Uh the people buying all kinds of stuff and you know, the the credit card swiping, so to speak, and the money being exchanged. And, and uh, um, he said that all of a sudden he felt a huge shaking, a huge shaking that began to shake that mall. And he said that he looked uh, out into the distance, and to, I imagine the corridor of the mall, where, you know, where everybody walks. He said that he saw a huge wave, like a tidal wave, you know, uh, leaving destruction and destroying everything in its path. And he said that that startled him as he saw this wave destroying everything. The people were running crazy for their lives, and he said that he told me, he said, he said, let's get out of here. We gotta go. We gotta run. We gotta, we gotta avoid this disaster. And uh, he said that in the dream, we both ran out the the, the mall the doors, and, and, and there was a car waiting for us. Uh, he said he, he has no idea how that car got there, but it was just there waiting for us, and we jumped into the car quickly. And as we're driving away, he said that he took one last glance to see what was taking place behind us, and he said that the that the mall was completely destroyed. The people were running in panic. He said it was just all-out chaos. He said, it was almost like you were watching an Armageddon. Things were going up in fire, in a fire and a blaze. And he said that uh, when he saw that, he said said these words, we are no longer going to be able to use our credit card or our debit card to buy anything. He said the last words before he woke up at 2.45 in the morning, startled where the end has come. And he woke oh. up, and wow. uh, he he called me uh, earlier in the morning or late late morning today before we were doing our podcast today, and he shared that with me. And um, the moment he shared it with me, I, I mean, I got goosebumps. You know, <laughs> it, it just yeah. it just really startled me uh, because. It, and, and by the way, he's been in the book of Daniel studying as well. Um, so, so we, I know that he's been in the spirit, but, uh, I shared it with, with my brothers, with brother Marty and pastor Jeremy. And, and, uh, you know, we, we, we saw it fit to share this dream and, and, and you your know, and your brother's brother,
1: you right, your brother's a police officer, right?
2: He is a police officer. Yes. In the Bay right. area. So he's, he's been at the forefront of a lot yeah. of the changes that are taking place in, in law enforcement uh and he and he has seen you know how how uh uh politics is is taking control of of policing and the things the changes that are coming down the pipeline and it's it's mm-hmm. very very scary um so yeah he he's uh, he's well aware of everything that's going on he's at the forefront of all this so, you know, it's, it's again, make what you want to make of it, analyze it, take it into prayer. But this is what we believe and what scripture, we believe scripture is saying is coming. It's, it's what we've been sounding the trumpet for the last nine months. Yes. This is what's coming. So God is speaking to his servants. God is speaking to his people. I mean, he's speaking to little children. Yes. Right? Uh, yeah. it, it, to fulfill prophecy like the prophet joel said in the last days your sons and your daughters will prophesy right and have dreams and visions Your old men will have uh, i think dreams and young young men visions uh, i think i think i got it right there but this is what's <laughs> happening you know this is what yeah. we're seeing god is speaking i'm a. Uh... well
1: jeremy would you kind of sum things up and uh and, and close us out for the weekend before we do though I, I just want to say that um it's an it's a very important weekend uh, we're waiting for a decision from the supreme court concerning the fight over the country uh it, the nation is divided right down the middle many are still you know hooking their hopes on the uh, on political things and so forth and so on and, and 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 in some ways, rightly so, I mean, <laughs> none of us want horrible things to happen, but once things start, once prophecies begin to be fulfilled, as we have seen in the pattern of the Bible, man, I mean it just it, you know you can't stop it. it it it's the appointed time. I know we went into some very deep and sometimes confusing if you're not following along or just in and out, you know. But I challenge you, go back and listen to what we've been saying. Uh, this week has been an incredibly deep week in the things of of, of the Word. And, and I, I would encourage you to really study them through and pray like Brother Fernando said. We are only doing our best, uh, and we say this humbly so, to seek the Lord uh, and, and to find what the Scriptures say and And we know with all with with all that we know, we know this that Jesus is coming, and so really be praying for the country um, unless the Lord intervenes this is this isn't gonna end well, it just isn't and And so what we are praying for is for you, our brothers and sisters out there for your wives, your children, your husbands. Your grandparents, your your sisters, your brothers, your communities, your your pastors, your fellowship, whatever it may be, trust me, we pray for you every single day, and uh, and we're praying that 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 in some way um, we we have been a help and a, and a source by the by the grace of God to, to at least stimulate uh, your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So, be safe, love one another, and be praying for the country. And and for for the people of this nation and its leaders, we need God now than we more than we ever have. But ultimately, we're looking for the return of the Lord,
0: Brother Jeremy. I think it's telling that you would end with those comments about praying, and after what Brother Fernando shared, the dream uh, that his brother had, and uh, also you ended up this study with with Daniel praying at his home. yeah, And I think it's interesting because as a custom, Jews pray in the temple and that's, that's where Daniel would pray every day. Yes. But at the end, he's praying in his home. And I think God, uh, to, to you know, finish this off, this is where we're at in this 2020. We've been in our home are we following the example of Daniel that instead of not praying, he prayed in his home? Let us consider all these things that we have heard today, the things that are happening today right now in our in our world today? you see the comparisons of Daniel's time in one year. <laughs> all the things that took place when Darius in one year. Think about in one year what has happened here in 2020. Mm, Let us pray. Let us be mindful and let us go to the Lord and he will reveal these things to us. We pray you've been blessed and we pray that God has spoken to your spirit in one way, shape, or form as we're trying to do our part to... To share this gospel, to warn the people, to sound the alarm, to sound the trumpet, that brother Jesus Jeremy, Christ would is you, coming amen. again.
1: Amen, amen. brother amen. Jeremy. Would you uh, say a prayer for all of us, for all uh, all the, our listeners and their families, and, and uh, just just pray for us now. I just feel that in my spirit. Um, and That's what that's what we need.
0: Amen. Father, we we thank you, Lord, for this gathering. Lord, as not just us, but all our listeners have gathered today by the Spirit of God, we've been summoned, Lord, today to gather and and listen and study from the book of Daniel, just as you instructed us in Matthew 24 when you told us, Lord, that when we see these things, to open up the book of Daniel. So So is it a coincidence, God, that we are speaking on these things I know that you are wanting to reveal because we are the generation. We believe that end time generation that you spoke about and that the prophet spoke about, that these things would be revealed to God. I pray, Lord, because when we study these things, just as Daniel felt, there is a heaviness to it, God. When you begin to consider the things that we see, Lord, when we begin, when our eyes begin to open of the reality of where we're at, God. Yeah, so. But, Lord, we find comfort. We find comfort, Lord, in going to you and and praying. In, in, in We find comfort in your word. We find comfort, God, in knowing that at the end, Lord, there is a kingdom that is coming, Lord. Hallelujah. That shall be Praise established forever, God. And we're just a few more weary days ahead, Lord. We will see these things. But meanwhile, we need your strength. We sense, Lord, the need in our listeners, as many, just like us, Lord, we need the strength of the Lord in this hour. We need you, Lord, to come right now to every home, God, wherever they may be, Lord, our listeners, that your spirit may come and give them the strength needed for such a time like this, God. We thank you, Lord, that you are gathering us from all over the world. You're gathering us, God. You are preparing a remnant, a people, Lord, that as the sons of Ishakar not only know the times, but know what to do in this hour, God. Father, we pray and we look unto you, God. You are the author and the finisher of our faith, God. And we believe that the work that you have begun in us, you shall finish it, Lord, just as you promised. I pray that the listeners would draw faith from this, Lord. Will draw strength, God. Will draw encouragement, but also a moment to have a self-examination of our hearts, God. To allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the places and the deep places in our hearts and our minds that still need You, Lord. We come to You, Lord, today, praying and standing and standing and appealing to the God of mercy. For our nation. For the soul of this nation, God. You are in control of all things. You have the last word. As Daniel said, you put kingdoms and you bring them down, Lord. Father, everything is in your hands. But I thank you, God, that you have revealed the things that you have revealed to us. We humbly thank you, God that you are showing us and opening up our eyes, Lord. For God, before anything happens, you reveal it to your servants. And in this hour, we thank you, God, for the revelation of your word. I pray that in this weekend, as we go into it, that you strengthen the body of Christ, that you strengthen my brothers and my sisters, Lord. And Father, that we can find, Lord, strength and hope only in you, God. We want to tell you we love you. And we worship you with all our hearts. And we seek to honor you and you alone, God. Not just with the words that come out of our mouth, but with the lives that we live before God and before man. Let our lives glorify you in all that we do, Lord. We pray for our families. We pray, Lord, for our children, Lord, that have probably wandered away from God. Father, that you would give hope to that parent That Lord desperately is saying, God, bring my son, my daughter home, God. Father, let it be done according to faith, God. Those loved ones, those friends, we pray for them, Lord. Give us the souls. Give us souls, Lord. Save them as your word promises us. Thank you for this time that we have had. We ask you this in the name of Jesus Christ. And we all say amen and amen. Amen. May the Lord, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you. And keep looking up.